With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Georgia. Georgia. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show where we are going to talk about which Bucks starters will play in this Week 18 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. The Bucks have clinched the NFC South. They don't have too much to play for besides having a winning record, which I do think there is some legitimacy to that. Uh, we'll talk about all the factors that weigh in for that decision with multiple positions. I know yesterday we talked a lot about the quarterback. Today we're going to dive into some of the other groups that uh, the Bucks have on the roster. And we're going to talk about uh, some interesting comments made by Byron Leftwich and uh, other coaches today from the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks practice. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is my fellow colleague at pewterreport.com, Adam Slavon. Adam, thank you for joining me today, and how are you on this Thursday? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, before we get into all the Bucks discussion and everything uh, of that nature, um, obviously the biggest story in the NFL right now is DeMar Hamlin on the Buffalo Bills. Very scary situation on Monday night. Um, had to go into the hospital, had cardiac arrest. Uh, there were reports that came out from multiple publications and guys like Ian Rappaport, uh, Mike Garofolo, um, Adam Schefter, all saying that uh, he opened his eyes today. He yep. wrote, because he still can't speak yet, but he was writing, did we win? And the doctor said, you won the game of life. Um, that's tremendous that's news. I, we're all so happy about that. So, I uh, just want to give a, a, a quick statement on that for those that might not know the news. Obviously, you guys are busy with your own everyday life, but that was um, truly great news to see today. We saw it on the TV as we were finishing up the press conference with Casey Rogers today. But uh, just want to mention that real quickly. So excited that it looks like Damar Hamlin is um, is feeling a lot better. So good to see there. Just completely remarkable how quick he's like coming back and just being able to write and like. I think he was gripping like his family members' hands, just really touching stuff. Yes, 100%. And it was good to see as well, um, you know, they spoke to T. Higgins today. Obviously, he was the receiver for the Bengals that was involved in, in the play where Hamlin tackled uh, T. Higgins. And Higgins said that he spoke to Hamlin's mom, and um, Higgins is feeling pretty good himself because, you know, there's obviously – uh, that's got to affect him too, yeah. being involved in the play that, you know, became so serious. So – um, good to see that Tamar Hamlin is is trending in the right direction. Good to see that uh, T. Higgins is is in a good frame of mind, considering um, the the seriousness of everything that went on in that game. So um, good to start the show with some positive news. Uh, on top of that, by the way, shout out to everyone in the chat. See Nathan in here saying hello to us. Hello to you, Nathan. Hey. 
Uh, thanks for always being on the show. Uh, Francisco wants the starters to play. We'll talk plenty um, about that as well. Uh, Francisco also talking about Tamar Hamlin. Hopefully that uh, he will be in good spirits as well. Will be a long recovery, but as long as he recovers, that's what's most important. Um, some other positive news that the Buccaneers had, not specifically with their current team, but there was news last night that one of the all-time great Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rondé Barber, is once again a finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame. This would be the class of 2023. This is Rondé Barber's uh, third time, I believe, making it to the final cut. Now, uh, the NFL and the, their voting committee, they can pick up to five players, which, um, you know, every single year there is – it's always tough to, to to make that top five. You're talking about some of the greatest players in the history of the game. Uh, so Barber's in there, former Buck Darrell Revis, who played one season with the Bucks, did make a Pro Bowl. Um, he's yeah. in there. Reggie Wayne. There's a lot of uh, a lot of great players. But congrats to Rondé Barber. Um, hopefully, this is the year that he finally makes the Hall of Fame. He's absolutely deserving. Adam, I know he's a little bit before your time, but some of the stats that he has are absolutely incredible like out of this world for starters this isn't a stat but he essentially invented the nickel corner position and yeah. it's a known commodity in today's nfl when you're the inventor of like a new position in the nfl that alone can kind of get you into the hall of fame but he has the numbers to back it up too with the amount of touchdowns he's had the longevity so hopefully this is uh, the year for ronde barber i think he was the only player albert breer uh tweeted this out the only player with over 25 sacks and 45 interceptions. I mean, we talk about like a player comparable on today's roster, Antoine Winfield Jr. He's kind of like a mini Rondé Barber in a way, just the ability to play the nickel corner. Uh, later in his career, Rondé was a safety and just being very versatile and always contributing something on the field. And it's awesome. And all 15 players that were named finalists, they all have a great case. But I think Rondé Barber, he definitely des deserves to at least be one of the five. I like that comparison to Antoine Winfield Jr. And it's very interesting because not specifically with Antoine Winfield Jr., but Logan Ryan, the first-year yeah. player with the Bucs. I mean, he, he's been around the league for a long time, but his first season with the Bucs, I probably should have said that better. Um, he said that Rondé Barber is a guy that he looks up to. And I think if you ask a lot of veteran defensive backs that are you know, up there in age, like I, I'm sure there's a lot more players that say, hey, yeah, I, I wanted my career to be like Rondé Barber's with the amount that he played, the success that he had, winning a Super Bowl. So I think that's really important. And yeah, that's a great thing that you notice, the fact that Antoine Winfield Jr., he does a little bit of everything. You know, he obviously is pretty good in coverage. He got smoked a little bit by DJ Moore last game, but you can't just look at one game specifically. You have to look at the entire outlook of his very young career. He's a guy that can get interceptions, breaks passes up. He's great at the line of scrimmage. He can, yep. you know, he got a sack against Carolina, as you see on the screen right here. That was Antoine Winfield Jr. taking down Sam Darnold. So he can do a little bit of everything. He's a very aggressive player. And, you know, Bucks are lucky they still have him on a rookie contract. I would not be shocked uh, when he gets an extension anytime soon. Could happen. This offseason, I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying, like, he, <laughs> the Bucks, the beauty of a great draft class is, like, okay, you can churn these guys out, make them great players, like, right away. 
The only downside is like then you have to pay them the big money at that point, and the Bucks can ill afford to lose Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tristan Wirfs. But yeah, know, that's that's more that's more stories and and complications down the road. I don't think either one is going going to be leaving the Bucks anytime soon, if at all, in their careers. Yep, definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, Alien Macedon says Rondé Barber deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, without question. I really do think that this is the year that um, that, that that he makes it. Uh, Common Sensei talking about the Bucks scenario. I guess we should say for Week 18. I'd rest the defense players before offensive players, in my opinion. Players such as Vita Vea, Levante David, Akeem Hicks, Carlton Davis, maybe even Dean should be rested. Common Sensei, I totally get every point that you're making. I think what we have to remember is that this is not a preseason game where you have 80 guys on the roster. The Bucs have their 53. They can call a couple guys up from the practice squad. And, you know, but you only have a certain number of inactive players. So I think that's important to keep in mind. Um, Adam, before we go any further, I noticed when you walked into the building today, uh, you had a drink in your hand, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was a Celsius energy drink because you rock with the Celsius energy drinks, the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. We have a an assortment of different flavors that you can find um, in a Celsius can. You got the Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibes right there. You can go with uh, cucumber lime, strawberry kiwi guava, a ton of awesome flavors over uh, at Celsius. And um, you can go to the store locator, punch in your address, find out where you can get a Celsius near you, your local Walmart, Target, Bodega, as I like to say, and everyone likes to get up in arms about. <laughs> uh, find it there. And then you can also order them online at Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. And, you know, you can have it set up. To go to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks, quarterly, whatever you want. Um, just have it uh, cut out the middleman. Just have it go straight to your house or apartment. This is the healthy version of an energy drink. There are seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives, so you don't get, you know, the crash, any of the, the post-energy drink jitters. Just gives you that essential energy you need to get you through your day. So uh, make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. That is Hashtag Celsius Lift Fit. Hashtag Celsius Energy. And uh, we absolutely love when you guys send us photos, videos, mostly photos of um, either drinking a Celsius Energy drink, finding it at a, at a store. Maybe you're on a road trip. You see it somewhere. Um, we absolutely love when you guys send us those photos. So please continue to do so. All right, Adam. We got to talk about Bucks versus Falcons. A week 18 game. Bucks are in. We know that. The only thing we don't know is who they're playing in the wild card round, whether it will be the Eagles or the Cowboys. That depends on yeah. if, the, if the Eagles win on Sunday, they clinch the NFC, they clinch the NFC East, they get a bye in the first round. That means the Bucs will play the Cowboys. If the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win, then the Bucs somehow are playing the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, and the Cowboys get that bye and clinch the NFC and the NFC East. The funny thing is that whoever the Bucs play in the playoffs, they will play the division winner next season because that's how the schedule works out. We talked about that a little bit on uh, yesterday's show. But for the Bucs, 
in their immediate future. Not too much to play for. And we're going to talk about all the different positions, uh, players that should go, maybe shouldn't go. But we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Tom Brady, Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert. So I gave my thoughts about it. Um, Scott Reynolds gave his thoughts about it. But Adam, you were on the show right here, right now. So I want to hear your opinion on what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should do at the quarterback position when they line up and play against the Falcons on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, uh, that's been an area of much discussion. Now, I listened to what both of you guys had to say yesterday, and I agree uh, that when Brady comes out, I think he should play a half, and then I think Trask, he should play the other half. And in doing so, I think that they should keep all the starting wide receivers, Evans, Godwin, Gage, maybe even Julio, out there for the third quarter. And then in the final corner, maybe you can substitute in like Devin Tompkins, Scotty Miller, guys like that. But give Trask the opportunity to develop a rapport with some of the star wide receivers because you don't know what the quarterback picture will look like for next season. So Trask, he should definitely get some meaningful snaps. And as much as I love Blaine Train, we all love Blaine Train. Yes. It's tr- it needs to be Kyle Trask, and he needs to show more of the ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL because it will be his first time getting meaningful game reps in the NFL. Yeah, and that's what we really talked about is what's the point of playing Kyle Trask if he's going to throw to just Scotty and, and Devin Tompkins and he's got a third and fourth string offensive lineman blocking for him. I don't really think that does too much. Now, let me ask you, are you saying you want Brady to play a half because – um, you know, it'll help them going into the playoffs? Or are you just saying let Tom Brady play a half because Tom's going to want to play anyway, and that's why he's going to be it? I mean, Tom's going to want to play anyway, and he has some records, some uh, little milestones and incentives to play for as well. Uh, I was looking it up. He needs 12 more passing attempts to set the single-season record for passing attempts at 728. He would beat out Matthew Stafford in 2012. but just I mean, NFL than- record. NFL record for a single season. Yeah. Like that's, that's remarkable at 45 to be thrown that many passes. Yeah. But more than just milestones and records, I think we need to see more of the offense get into a rhythm. And I really like the point of going no huddle in the first two quarters. If your starters, like if Brady's out there two quarters, go up tempo, run more like no huddle offense and get points on the board quickly. So that when Trask is in, he has a favorable scenario to go in where they're up by two touchdowns. He can get comfortable and like develop and establish a rapport, like I said, with the wide receivers. So I definitely see Brady out there for a half because he he's a competitive guy. He has a high work ethic. He wants mm-hmm. to overcome the adversity that the team has faced this season. So yeah, I I said I want Tom to play a quarter or a half, whatever, only because I know that Tom is is going to force his way into the game one way or another. If I could choose, if I'm Todd Bowles and I have full authority to do whatever whatever I want in terms of personnel, who plays, who doesn't, I wouldn't play Tom Brady at all. I yeah. totally, I totally get the, you know, wanting to end the season on the right foot, wanting to get some things together, um, heading in, in the right direction into the playoffs. But if you can't do that during practice, then maybe you just don't have a great chance of winning the playoffs in the first place. I don't see exactly what playing one quarter is going to do 
for the Bucks offense. And I understand they, they played very well last game, but I also think there's a couple of different factors that go into that. One, and the Panthers have a good defense, don't get me wrong, but the Panthers, the way they schematically lined up against the Bucks made absolutely no sense. I'm extremely happy that Mike Evans balled out, and he yeah. balled out. He was the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. But to play him one-on-one and only have a single high safety was just asinine by the Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Cowboys would do that. I don't think the Eagles would do that. I think a perfect example is when the Bucs played against the Bengals a couple of weeks ago. Everyone remembers they jumped out to that big lead, 17-3, to and they blew it in the second half. Mike Evans was balling in that first half. And then the then the Bengals decided to say, hey, we're not going to let Mike Evans beat us. We're going to shade a safety over to his side every single time that he heads down the field. And what happened? Well, the Bucs turned it over a thousand times. That wasn't Mike Evans' fault. But even when they even when it was garbage time and they were going down the field late in the game, they weren't able to get the ball to Mike Evans. They finally tried to go with the fade pass in the end zone. I believe that was on the two-point conversion. And that didn't work because you had a safety to his side. So I understand getting that continuity together and why you would want to work on that. But again, I just, I don't see too many other teams playing that same type of defense that the Panthers did. If anything, they would learn from what the Panthers did and say, hey, let's not do that. I think another thing that kind of makes it pointless in terms of, oh, let's have them play a quarter or only a half. The biggest issues that the Bucs have had this year, especially on offense, is situational football. Third and ones, you know, um, third downs in general, scoring in the red zone. And sure, you can get into the red zone in the first half and, and you'll have third and ones throughout the whole game. But there's a big difference when it's third and one and you have four minutes to go in the first quarter versus it's the fourth quarter. There's eight minutes to go, and you're down by seven. You need to score on this drive, or else the other team's going to get the ball and either run the clock out, or maybe you'll have a last-dash effort. I don't know if the Bucs are going to be in that situation if Tom Brady's not playing in the fourth quarter. So either play him the whole game, which I wouldn't advise for obvious reasons, no. or don't play him at all. I, there's only so many things you, you can learn. And, you know, Tom said today, oh, well, we're football players. We're here to play football. I get that. But you're here to win the big games. You're here to win the playoff games. All right? Yeah. So I get it. It's your job. But it's also Blaine Gabbard's job to play football. It's also Kyle Trask's job to play football. Give them a chance to play football. You can play it the rest of the time. I just don't – he's not the type of guy that would just sit on the bench. And that's kind of the uh, problem of having a guy like Tom Brady. He's so competitive. He wants to be out there on the field. So I think they're kind of forced to play him, at least for a half. But I definitely get your point. And I thought it was interesting that Leftwich mentioned today that the offense, they need to be more aggressive. And yeah. like the deep ball connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans allowed them to do so, but they wanted to continue in weeks to come. And the only way to keep that aggressiveness going is with Tom Brady on the field making those throws. Yeah, that that's very true. There, there absolutely is a, a point to that. Byron Leftwich's press conference today, was uh was different than it typically was. Now Byron, yeah. from time to time, will say something out of nowhere. We're like, huh? Like the whole 
Yeah, that's an analytics thing. It's um, there's it's true, but it doesn't mean anything, you know. Like yeah. Byron will give you that type of stuff. Byron seemed a little bit more relaxed today for whatever reason. Um, and he had a very interesting comment about the fact that the Bucks have, or uh, not the, the like the Bucks. We're over exaggerating everything. The Bucks haven't been that bad on offense. They're twelfth in the league. They're twelfth in the league in yards per game, not points per game. And that's yeah. the big issue has been the points per game. And the and yards said per it, game come at the end of the games. Exactly. Like the when they're quarter. down. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the garbage time situation. So I'm going to play that video in just a moment. First, Byron spoke about Tom Brady. And Adam, you had mentioned that he could just break the NFL record. Tom also has an opportunity if he plays in this game, and he will. Tom has an opportunity to also become the second highest passer in Bucks franchise history, which is wild because it's only his third season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've had other quarterbacks that have been here for four, five, six seasons. So Brady's about to do that in three seasons. So um, the first video I'll play is Byron talking about Tom Brady and just the greatness of Tom Brady. The next one is where Byron gets a little bit feisty about the, the criticism about the Bucks offense this year. Yeah, 40-something years. But to be number two and just be able to pull that off in three years, how amazing does that, does that tell you? I think he's shown what, we, what he's done since he's been here. Um, I know we get a lot of slack for how this year turned out. But what we've done together has been unique. What he's done has been unique since he's been here. Uh, it just speaks for Tom. Says who he is. Um, that's unreal, though. I, got, I didn't even know that myself. But to be able to do that in three years, it really shows you the success we've had the first couple years here, the sad success. I know it looks bad to everybody, but I just can't. I think we're the 12th best offense in the league. Ain't that something? Still got team. a long way to go, right? <laughs> long way to go. But it just says a lot about who he is and what he is and what he brings to the table, about all the guys around him and what has what the historic pace he's really been playing at since he's been here. Says a lot. Says a lot. Speaking of that, um, you know. Yeah, here's part two, Byron Leftwich saying, our offense isn't as bad as everyone thinks. Uh, and you have it. I think it's been moments where we haven't really been that bad. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you guys over-exaggerate uh, because we look different. Uh, the numbers say we're not that far off. Uh, we're awful. On third down and red zone, it's disappointing those two things mm -hmm. for us as a team with who we have. But when you really listen to people talk about us, that's emotions talking. That's not really people that's watching us, watching us get better every week. Uh, for some reason, everybody wants to throw dirt on the bucks. But we're not ready for people to throw dirt on us. A walk-off from Byron yeah, Leftwich in that quite situation. The, there. the first thing that jumped into my head when he said, the, like, a lot of people want to throw dirt on the Bucks, but we're not ready to let people throw dirt on us. The first thing that popped in my head was the Geno Smith quote from earlier this season when he was playing well and he's in a post game on the field talking, and he said, A lot of people want to write me off, but I didn't write back. So I think that was like Byron Leftwich's version of that but i don't think what he said is necessarily true 
that maybe, much. Maybe we've like, been over-exaggerating the whole time about Leftwich and his offense. Maybe he is where, just a, Where a have genius. we over-exaggerated the fact that they <laughs> only score 17 points per game now compared to 30 yeah. points per game the year before? If you want to say it's an emotional thing, I mean, yeah, I bring energy and, and stuff. We both do when we're on this, this game day show, which we will be on, on Sunday when the Bucks play the Falcons. But I think a lot of that is more frustration than emotions. It's frustrating when you have a yeah. team that's still very talented, that is doing less with more than a lot of the other teams around the league. I mean, he wants to say, yeah, well, the, the stats are actually show that we're pretty good. Again, you're only 12th, and that's not with the points. The stats show that you have the worst rushing team in the league, despite having Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, who are both very talented running backs. And Rashad White has been a great breath of fresh air for the Bucks' run game, even as horrible as it's been. So, you know, he doesn't bring up that stats. And to your point, going up-tempo, uh, they they seem to only do well when they go up-tempo. So a lot of the things he said, I appreciate, like, the comment. And if you want to take shots at the media, I'm all for it. Because, like, the media, of course, will um, – they'll – give praise when praises do, but they'll criticize very heavily as well when it comes to that type of situation. So I'm all for players and coaches like calling other media out like, hey, you were wrong about this. You were wrong about that. But I don't necessarily think we're wrong in that situation. Or am I just reading the situation incorrectly? I, I don't think we as media members are wrong in that case at all. I think that left which after one game of scoring 30 points, he might be feeling himself a little bit too much at the yeah. press conference. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, Charlie says, what numbers are you looking at? Common Sensei says, uh, poor Byron, Ben Leeper, this man is hilarious. Charlie with a, my God. <laughs> all talk all the time. I still love Byron. I don't care what anyone else thinks. All right, someone's in Byron Leftwich's corner. You're very... Uh, yeah, it's a free country. <laughs> you can say that if you want. Nathan says, Leftwich is a product of who you know and not what you know. Obviously, alluding to the point. fact that, that Bruce Arians got him this opportunity. And, and Byron did have play-calling experience before that. He did it with Arizona, but it wasn't really that successful over there. Um, Pushimi says, what about the run game? Yeah, we just brought that up, the fact that their running game stinks, all right? And I get it. There's no Ali Marpet. Um, you don't have Alex Cap any, anymore. You lost Ryan Jensen. I get that. I get all yeah. of that. But to be one of the worst teams in the league at running the ball, and at one point you were on pace to be historically the worst running team in the league. For a team that just won the division, I get they're 8-8, eight and eight, you know? But, like, how do the Texans and Damian Pierce, we like him. Shout out to him. Like, yeah. How do the Texans have a better run game than, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How do, what are some of the other worst teams out there? I know the Rams were like lower than the Bucs. I haven't, I haven't checked it. Um, I haven't checked it today, but you know, the, the Bucs are still at the bottom. There are teams way worse than the Bucs that run the ball better than Tampa Bay. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's just crazy to see Adam. It really is. And, and just to compare like the Atlanta Falcons, like spoke to Casey Rogers about it today. Yes. The Atlanta Falcons have 2,500 rushing yards in the season. The Bucs have half of that. They have 1,200, averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Now, you have two above-average running backs, I would say, and Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. And just the fact that they aren't able to consistently get yards and they just elect to run first-down runs up the middle 
it, it's baffling. And it speaks to the play calling that Leftwich has done this year. Yeah, let's uh, play that video from Casey Rogers talking about the Bucks, uh planning to stop the run against the the Atlanta Falcons. This was just a great, brilliant setup question by the, the reporter that asked this. What do you want to see out of your front seven personnel in stopping not only the run game, but the, getting a consistent pass rush as well? Well, the thing about them, the run game puts you on the heels for your pass rush because everybody's bracing to stop the run. Then all of a sudden you got to react to the pass. So that's going to naturally hurt you. And then the team last week in this team, they give you a lot of problems because they run on third down, third and seven. But the team last week, third and seven, they ran the ball. And we were in a pass rush and luckily we got them. But I'm just saying it's that that problem will be here this week. Last week's team was hard-headed about running the ball. This team is hard-headed about running the ball, and this team has a little bit more quarterback run element to it, so that poses another problem. I think they're averaging like four, almost five yards a carry, which poses another problem. So we got some issues to deal with here Sunday at one. When you look at, at the Falcons' draft, another thing to factor in, and Casey Rogers also talked about this, was the fact that. You know, when they played the Panthers the week before, the Panthers ran for like over 300 yards against yeah. the Lions uh, before they met up with the Bucs. And the Bucs went in, well, they were the home team. So they went into their own stadium and completely shut down the run game for the uh, for for the Carolina Panthers. Now, this week, I think, is a little bit different, again, because I wouldn't expect Vita Vea to play in this game. So it's really – this team – you know, tale of two cities, tale of two halves has been the case for the Bucks. It's a tale of two defensive tackles. When they have Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks in there, this is, uh, I'm not going to say like the 2020 Bucks and the 2021 Bucks defense that you would be lucky if you got two yards against them. You could still gain a little ground on the Bucks, but when one of them doesn't play, you can rip the Bucks defense in the run game to shreds. Absolute yeah. shreds. Uh, but this week will be very telling. I'm not going to hold too much stock into it because I don't think Vita Vey is going to play. And I would not be surprised if Keem Hicks is on a pitch count. But um, it's definitely another test for the Bucks to end the season, especially with Dallas, who likes to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and, and Tony Pollard, and Philly, who has, you know, the run option with Jalen Hurts, obviously, and they have very talented running backs as well. So uh, what are you looking to see out of the Bucs on defense there? One point about the Falcons' offensive line, I was looking over, like, all the PFF grades, take them as you will, but the right side of their offensive line has been elite this season. Chris Lindstrom is arguably the best guard in football. I like, liked him so much coming out of the draft. He's been nearly perfect by any metric that you look at, and he should be an all-pro this year. And then you also have uh, Caleb McGarry. He ranks fourth on yeah. the right side at the tackle position. So I'm looking for the Bucks to stop the run going that way. I mean, stopping the run in general, but also seeing younger guys. Casey Rogers spoke very highly of Logan Hall. Last week he had 31% of the snaps. Getting him out there on the field more if uh, Hicks and Vea don't play. That'll be huge. And just stopping the run in general. Yeah, that's a great stat right there, uh, especially with the Falcons offensive line. You want to run behind the guys that work best for you. The Bucs haven't always done that at times. You know, they go behind Gattachie and, and, yeah, and Brandon Walton and guys like that when you have Tristan Wirfs on the other side when um, he was healthy. Now, this game, again, 
not totally meaningful for the Bucks, but you could make it a lot more meaningful um, if you bet on some of the players over at Underdog Fantasy with their Pick'em and Rivals games. This is technically a rivalry game. It's two divisional teams. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL, and that's using Underdog Fantasy. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or your least favorite player stats. You win up to 20 times your money in a single night, again, with the Pick'em or the uh, Rivals. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick-em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Man, you know that that is a heck of a deal. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. T-E-R. You can, of course, use it um, not just for football. The football season, sadly, is winding down a little bit. No Thursday night football on tonight. Uh, but they have it for a ton of other sports. They got it for hockey and basketball. You know, they're not even in, like, the first quarter of their seasons, or they're close to yeah. it. I don't know. They both play 82 games, so you got a long way to go. You do and, it for, and for soccer. Bucks fans yeah. out there. Shout out the Milwaukee Bucks, my hometown basketball team. There you go. Shout Bet out the Giannis. Bet the Giannis over on the points. He's been tearing it up lately. He's been on a roll, averaging like over 40 points a game. Make sure you go with him. There you go. There you have it. Bet on Giannis to hit the over on his points. And then you just got to find uh, whatever opponent that he's playing against. Pick someone on that team as well. But, yeah, there's a little tidbit from Adam right there. Watches the other box uh, quite often. So check out Underdog Fantasy. You can do golf as well, too, when, uh, when golf – I guess there's some going on right now, but, um, you know, the Masters, everything, we absolutely love that. All right, let's talk about some of the other position groups, Adam. Um, what players should play, what players should not, because that's kind of the main storyline um, of this game. I'll give you the choice, since you gave that pick for everybody. Ooh, okay. You want um, offense or defense? I was going to say offensive line. Okay. Okay, so obviously the big thing, that we learned from practice today and being there the past couple days. Donovan Smith has not practiced again, and um, it doesn't look like he's going. We'll see if he's out there tomorrow, but I th- I truly think, and Donovan Smith is one of the toughest guys on this team. He's been through even worse injuries and has been able to play. I truly think he was hurting bad after he yeah. got injured in the uh, – he got injured the 49ers game. He did not play. Am I getting this mixed up? No, he got injured in the Bengals game. He did not play against the Cardinals. And he came back to play against the Panthers. I think he only came back to play because this was an all-or-nothing game. Everything on the line. You win and you're in. And he was able to gut it out. So, listen, I know he struggled. He had a holding penalty. He hasn't been playing well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But I respect the fact that he was able to gut it out. With all of that said, let him sit this week because yeah. 
I know Tristan Wirfs is the best tackle on the Bucs, but you need your left tackle to show up in the postseason. Every team you're going to face has a good pass rusher when you get to the playoffs. And if they see a weak leak anywhere on the Bucks' offensive line, they will attack that, especially out on the edge. So I think um, I think Donovan Smith, let him sit. Let Brandon Walton get in there. He started this season because of injury. Let Brandon Walton play. And then you keep all the other starters in. Uh, Ryan Jensen. Well, not Ryan Jensen. I don't think Ryan Jensen's going to play. Robert Hayden, you let him go. Jack Mason, you let him play. Nick Leverett, let them all go. Tristan Wirf's going to play as well. Now, in the second half, if you want to put in some of the other backups, if you want to get Luke Kedeke some reps, I'm fine with that. But offensive line outside of Donovan Smith, I think you kind of let the starters go. Now, one interesting idea that Scott brought up a couple weeks ago was moving right tackle Tristan Wirfs to the left side. Something that they could try in the second half if they want to get creative is maybe put Luke Gedeke at right tackle. He played there in college and then move Tristan Wirfs over to the left side and see how he handles that maybe. Uh, if they're moving guys around, bringing in backups, maybe they try some fun different things as well. I respect the idea, but that is so, so, so risky to do. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Like, you don't want to get him killed out there. And and Tristan Wirfs has said, going to the other side, it's almost like using, you know, throwing with your opposite hand. And I think that would be tough because you have to practice that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can't just play right the whole time. You're practicing during the week at right tackle and then in the game be like, hey, we're actually going to move you to left tackle now. You need reps in practice. And I don't think in this type of situation where he's only going to be play it for a half and then go back to playing right tackle for the playoffs, I don't think that serves anybody well. I respect the idea that you're going for. Now, Gedeke at tackle, he's been playing the swing tackle now that um, – Josh Wells is injured and and won't be uh, available for the rest of the season, unfortunately. As you said, he played tackle in college. Now, I don't know if he's big enough to play tackle in... With the arms. I think the big yeah, thing is like his arm in length. in the NFL. But the only way you can learn is in this situation. I, I think it falls into what I mentioned with Wirfs, though, is that you're playing guard the whole time. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're going to kick out to, to right tackle. That's a little yeah. bit tougher. What I will say, though, in defense of your theory slash option, is in the 2020 season, Ali Marpet was out with a concussion. And instead of just inserting a new starter at the left guard position, they actually moved Ryan Jensen to guard, and they put A.Q. Shipley, who was on the, he's on the Pat yeah. McAfee show a lot, uh, they moved AQ, AQ Shipley in at center, and they used Jensen at guard. And if I'm sure a lot of Bucks fans will recall the infamous Ronald Jones 99-yard touchdown happened uh, with AQ Shipley at center and Ryan Jensen at guard. So there, I think it's easier to move a guard to center and a center to guard than it is a guard to tackle or tackle to the other side. Uh, but I, I, I respect the thought process and I I'm how would you feel I'm all for training camp next year let Tristan Wirfs go at left tackle see what he can do because he played in Iowa and he's a cornerstone player for the Buccaneers that they want here for over a decade if he's 
We all know he's a talented guy. Give him a whole training camp to practice that left tackle. Let him be your left tackle next season, and that'll help whoever the next quarterback is, whether it's next season or the year after. I mean, he's he's never going to lead this team if the Bucks play it right. So have him at your left tackle. I mean, there's nothing to lose. When you look at the right tackle position, you have Tristan Wirfs, you have Lane Johnson, and then it's like a tier below. If you move Tristan Wirfs over to the left side, you know you have an elite left tackle. That is like the hardest position and monetarily, like when you look at contracts, the highest paid offensive line position. If you can plug in that hole with a guy like Wirfs that you already have on the roster and then maybe look at a different right tackle, if you move on from Donovan Smith, I think that would be a great idea and kind of see what some of the younger offensive linemen can do at that right tackle position. Yeah, and to your point, the Bucks they have a lot of financial issues that they have to work through uh, this offseason. And at, at this moment, at 440 on Thursday, I'm not here saying the Bucks have to cut Donovan Smith. But I do see where he's got a big contract and the Bucks need all the money that they can save. If you're going to move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle, it would be a lot easier to either draft the right tackle or find a free agent right tackle for way less money than what they're paying Donovan Smith right now over at left tackle. I can see him being a, uh, a cap casualty in that type of situation. Let's move to the running back position. Um, we already talked about quarterback. I think we all know where we stand there. Running back, you have uh, Leonard Fournette, who's dealing with the Liz Frank injury, Liz Frank Lenny, as we're all calling him now. You have Rashad White, rookie. Got a little banged up last game. If you remember, he was holding his arm or and his, his hand um, as the game went on, but was able to play. I think you sit Leonard Fournette. I don't think there's anything to prove with, with Lenny. Let him heal up, rest up for uh, the playoffs. Let Rashad White be the top guy. And, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, let's remember, he started the playoff game last year against the Eagles. So Keyshawn Vaughn has experience getting a lot of reps. I want to see... A fair amount of Rashad White. I want to see a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn, you know. Why not? Just get him some reps. Let him take a lot of the wear and tear. Tom Brady's played with him, so it's not an issue for Tom Brady. Uh, That's how I would set up this situation for uh, the running backs. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it should be like a 60-40 maybe White-Vaughn split. I mean, Vaughn looked good during training camp. And even in like some of the preseason games, it's kind of sad that Julio Jones has more rushing yards in the season than Keyshawn Vaughn. I feel like he should have been a more utilized third option at running back. So it'd be good to see him out there. Like you said, take the wear and tear off of a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's been battling that list Frank injury for quite a while now. And also for uh, Rashad White. Now for Rashad White, he needs 34 more uh, rushing yards to reach 500 on the season and 44 more total yards to get 800 on the year. So couple little milestones for him as well and he's had a great rookie season yeah he really has and he didn't really get the amount of reps and the starting and the the splitting of of both running backs it didn't really truly come about until i would say like the germany game that was yeah. really the the, the Rashad White breakout game yeah the angry run stiff arm and now leonard fournette has one as well so both running backs getting a stiff arm this year from kyle brandt of uh, good morning football shout out kyle brandt so I think 500 is, is very respectable considering the amount of playing time that he got and when he got it. So I think that would be super important. We're both on the same page for the running back room. So let's talk about the offensive 
weapon, the skill possession players uh, at wide receiver for the Buccaneers. There's a lot, a lot of things that go into this. Mike Evans, obviously, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Um, Adam, I went first with the running back, so uh, I'll let you go first with the wide receivers. What would be your game plan um, for the Bucs? Let, let's say what your game plan would be, not what Tampa Bay is going to do, what you predict they're going to do, what you would do in this situation. So I think like that, that the wide yeah, the wide receiver plan would correlate with the quarterback plan. What they choose to do with the rotation at quarterback, I think would tie in well with the wide receivers. Now, I think that the starter starting wide receivers should play the first three quarters. Definitely want to see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage at some point with Kyle Trask. But also, Chris Godwin out there in the slot, he has some milestones as he well. Does. If you want to talk about the last game to play yes. for. Uh, what is he, 32 yards away from 1,000? And then... He needs nine more catches. I don't know if he'll get nine, but to reach uh, Keyshawn Johnson's all-time record in 2001 of 106. But another wide receiver that I really want to see out there is Devin Tompkins and oh, yeah. see what he can do on offense, maybe in the slot role, kind of running some drag routes, like some deeper posts, because he has speed. Uh, all the teammates gush about his ability to jump, his vertical. I think it's 38 and a half inches. So yeah, seeing him out there. That is wild for a wide receiver. Like he could almost dunk a football, uh, dunk a basketball out there. So definitely want to see him out there as well. What I would do is I would play, and this is this is in my scenario of Tom Brady doesn't play and it's just Kyle Trask the whole time. I would have Mike Evans play probably about until halftime, maybe just the first quarter, depending on how the chemistry looks. For everything you said about Chris Godwin, I would have Chris Godwin play, I think, until the third quarter, let him rack up the receptions, give him a couple of those, you know, sweep things like the the touch pass, really, where the yeah. quarterback is essentially a handoff, but it counts as a pass. Get that for Chris Godwin, let him get to a thousand yards and take him out of the game. Russell Gage, I'm playing the whole time because yeah. he's getting big money. He got that contract last year. He's coming off of, uh, you know, he's been back for a couple of weeks from that hamstring injury. And I think each week he's made a, maybe not a signature play, but an important play. Like he caught a ball on fourth down to keep a drive going last game. He's made some key receptions for the Bucs. So let's see him be a, a number one receiver in this, you know, unique situation where some of the other guys aren't available. Julio Jones, I don't play him at all. No. Chronically, just too many injuries. He's dealing with an illness this week. The knee, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. To your point, I want to see Devin Tompkins. Let Scotty Miller get some shine. Maybe throw in Rashad Perriman. Another guy that we were talking about in the locker room today that we haven't seen all season. And again, because it's a one game, you can kind of do what you want and then get back to what's been working for you. Play Tyler Johnson. You know, Tyler Johnson's on this team. He got cut earlier this year in training camp. They brought him back to the practice squad. Why not just kick the tires on... Tyler Johnson, see what you got with him there. If he has a great game, awesome. Then you can build yeah. on that for next season. Let Tyler Johnson go in and see if he can make a play or two. All right. I, I don't think that's like the worst idea when it comes to because you got to play these receivers. You want to keep them healthy. Rashad Perryman, I I don't really know why he's on this team. You know, he had the he had the touchdown catch against the um the Saints in week two. Outside of that. He hasn't That's really his been one available. catch of the year that exactly. he has. 
Exactly. I, I'd, I'd much rather see Tyler Johnson out there, a guy that you could keep on this team as potentially a third or fourth receiver for depth. I would much rather see Tyler Johnson and what uh, they have going on there. Before we talk about the tight end position, I do want to talk to everybody about pin chasers. And that's where you should be going if you are bowling. Head over to pin chasers. There are multiple locations uh, in various areas, including one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks have their uh, practice facility. It's a fun night out with friends and family. Um, they have great deals, like literally every single day. All you can eat pizza, all you can bowl, dollar beers, ton of great deals there. They got brunch on the weekends. The food's very underrated. If you have a kid and you want to book a birthday party there, you can do that as well. They got a video game area, arcades, so kids can play video games. They can do some bowling. Parents can hang out. There's, you know, the food area. They, they have a bar as well for the adults, obviously, not the kids. Please, uh. Drink responsibly if you're 21 and over. Um, so, yeah, a great time out with friends and family over at Pin Chasers. Take advantage of the brunch on the weekend. Um, that's definitely a nice little caveat that not every bowling alley has. And see what deal works best for you over at Pin Chasers. Go to pinchasers.net for all the deals they have in store for you. Tight end position, Adam. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Looks like you want to say uh, something. Yeah, uh, just a couple notes based on what you said about the receivers. Uh, yeah. Julio Jones, when we talk about him not playing, which he shouldn't play this week, they signed him for the playoffs. So as much as it would be cool yes. to see him go up against his former team, they need him for the playoffs. They need him healthy right. because and he needs to be that third receiver. Yeah, and at that point, it's like, who cares? The Falcons aren't making the playoffs. It's two years removed since he's played yeah. you know, in Atlanta. I get this probably his first time back there since, uh, you know, since leaving the team. I understand that aspect of it, but I don't know. The Bucks have more important things to deal with. But I, I get what you're saying. I'm not I'm not shutting it down. Yeah, and then with Tyler Johnson, now I thought he would have made the roster over Scotty Miller or Brashad Perryman because he. we talk about Keyshawn Vaughn having a good training camp. He had a really good training camp, and he was like the primary receiver in the preseason games. So definitely want to see more out of him as well. Uh, shout out to Emily in the chat. She says, hi, everyone. I'm actually excited to see some of our players that we don't normally see this Sunday. I also hope it's not a mistake to play TB12 at all in this game. I do think Tom Brady, I appreciate the comment, Emily. And I'm with you. I, I, I want to see some of the guys I don't normally get to play. Let's see them in a real NFL game, a regular season game. You know, Tom Brady, he made a good point of like, you know, you could look at everything in hindsight. You could be like, oh, should we have played? Should we have not have played? They referenced uh, the fact that Julian Edelman got hurt in the last week of the season and kind of derailed them. And he's like, I've been on teams where we were good and then we failed in the playoffs. I was on teams that were up and coming and we excelled in the playoffs. I was on teams that were great and we stayed great in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think there's a, an exact science to really to really all of this. So I understand why Brady, you know, wants to play. And, and um, but it, it is one thing. It's like, oh, well. We can play and you don't get hurt or blah, blah, blah. If you do get hurt and you're out for the playoffs, the Bucs are not going to the Super Bowl as much as we love Blaine. Now, if Tom Brady gets hurt in the divisional round and Blaine Gabbert has to play in the NFC Championship game and then Brady's available for the Super Bowl, I can see Blaine winning one game. 
He's but to go Nick Foles and go crazy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the hero that we all need. Um, tight end position, Adam. I don't know anything specifically. Uh, I think Kate. I think all rookies should play, really. So Kate Otten should play. Um, yeah, we'll see what's maybe up. Maybe Keith to more tight end packages. Yeah. Definitely want to see Kyle Rudolph out there. I mean, we signed him, and the only thing he really does is run like by himself and in, tr- in practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for the Bucks at t- at the tight end position, probably just Kate Otten. Right. Uh, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. I think defensive tackle is really one that I'm probably most excited for is the fact that on the defensive line, you rotate guys anyway. So you do get to see some of Logan Hall. You get to see some of Pat O'Connor. Deidre Sanat is another guy. And you don't see them a ton because of Akeem Hicks and, and Vita Vea and Will Golston. But I think it's the perfect opportunity where you can get Logan Hall 55% of the snaps versus the 35 to 25 that he typically gets. I think it's a cool opportunity for Deidre Sanat that has not seen as much playing time that he did earlier in the year. They're, they're not going to play Vita Vea. They're just not, they're not going to risk that with the calf injury, with the fact that they clinched everything. And that, again, it's different with Brady taking him out, bringing a quarterback that hasn't played all year long. All of these other players have played all year long. So I want to see a lot of Logan Hall. I want to see a good amount of Pat O'Connor. If you want to rest Will Golston, that's totally fine. Uh, Casey Rogers, the Bucks co-defensive coordinator, had a great point about that not many people are talking about Will Golston, but he does literally everything that is asked of him and not and that's not just coach talk for like oh hey like he's all right he said that he would be playing more but they play so much like nickel and and things of that nature that Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea aren't coming off the field so it's Will Golson that kind of suffers from it but I want to see the young guys get a lot of opportunities in this game because this is a great chance for Logan Hall to to really show what he's about you know he's another guy that started out Looking pretty good, had some great pass rushing moves. And then, you know, as the season went on, it's kind of tapered off a bit. I think it's a really great opportunity for Logan Hall. Definitely agree with you on that one. And I want to see the Adrian Sanat start at uh, defensive tackle. He, in limited snaps, has looked really good. And he had his first career sack. He rates really highly. And just giving him an opportunity, I think, would be very worthwhile. And then also mix in. We want to see some Nacho as well. Oh, yeah. Got to, got to see Nacho, of course, the fan yeah. favorite. Outside linebacker is another tough one because for the last three weeks, Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon-Shanka have just been putting the the room on their backs and not even – I mean, Anthony Nelson has played fantastic. We've all seen the games, the sacks that he's had recently, the strip sack on Sam Darnold. He's also doing it out of necessity because it's just him and Joe Tryon-Shanka. Uh, Carl Nassif has missed the past couple of weeks. Um, Jannard Avery is on injured reserve. I just want to give like a round of applause and a shout out to what they've been able to do with all these guys out. Now, it looks like Carl Nassif, he was limited in practice yesterday. The injury report just came out right now. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um uh... Carl Nassib was limited again. So I think there's a, a chance that Carl Nassib plays this week, which I think would help. One, it gives him some reps, and two, um, it gives the other guys a break for what they've really done. But 
I don't know how much jockeying and positioning the Bucks can do defensively here just because they don't have enough guys in the room. Yeah, I think uh, the Bucks would probably sign an outside linebacker off the practice squad and try to get him some reps as well. I think, uh, was it Gilbert that they signed? Ulysses Gilbert? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a guy like him, bringing him on, getting him some snaps and give Joe Tryanshoenka and Anthony Nelson some rest. Even though Anthony Nelson, we spoke to Casey Rogers, he's impressed. Yes, he like has. The past few games. So, Inside linebacker is another tough one. Devin White and Levante David have played the whole time, like every single snap of every single game this season. Devin White missed like two, two, not Devin White, sorry. Levante David missed like two or three snaps on the Thursday night game against the Ravens, and they brought in Ola Kunle Fadukasi, who is not on the team. Um, they obviously have K.J. Britt back. I would like to see K.J. Britt in like a fourth quarter type of situation. They also have J.J. Russell on the uh, practice squad that they've called up before. I would like to see K.J. Britt, see what he can do as an inside linebacker. I just don't know exactly when they would go about doing it. For the Bucks, in like terms of total tackles, it goes 127, I think, for Levante David, Devin White at 122, and then I think Mike Edwards is third at 82. Wow. Just like going to show how much they've been on the field and how much that the Bucks defense has had to rely on them to make tackles and make plays. Before we talk about the secondary, which I think is probably one of the most interesting options that we could talk about in this uh, scenario here. Before we get into that, and you know, playing your playing your starters in Week 18 when you have nothing to play for, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a risk. You could also say it's a gamble. I like to do my gambling over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara, and I want over $500,000 playing fly. I do this full-time, and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $4 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. On over to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa and start winning big. Play the slots, play some blackjack, roulette, whatever it is. Just uh, make sure you check it out. Awesome time and uh, great memorabilia over there as well. All right, Adam, the secondary. You have Carlton Davis that didn't practice again, missed Sunday's game. Jamel Dean just returned from a toe injury. Uh, there's been things going on with the safeties as well. We could all package it together, just talk about the secondary, the defensive backs. Uh, where are you going in this direction with the entire Bucks secondary heading into Week 18? Yeah, with the entire Bucks secondary, I think it kind of goes to the point that you made. They only have a 53-man roster. They don't have like all the personnel in the world to say, hey, we're going to sit every single one of them down. So I think at some point, like all the starters – will play. Maybe you sit out Jamel Dean because he's been battling an illness. Carlton Davis, maybe give him some snaps. 
I don't think he'll play the whole game. But otherwise, I see Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, Antoine Winfield out there, maybe some. Maybe sprinkle in a guy like Nolan Turner, yeah. who he's been kind of up and down between the practice squad and active roster. Also, maybe give a chance for Zion McCollum back on the outside as a rookie. Um, he has a height. He just needs more experience and kind of gain some experience tackling as well, an area that he struggled in. And then maybe another guy like B. Delaney. But they'll probably all play. Right. Carlton... I think is the one where I think they might just sit him out right away. Didn't play last week. Um, Kevin O'Donnell was talking to him. I was talking to him as well. He wants to play. He yeah. said he's feeling better every single day and he wants to play. But again, you have to weigh the the risk reward. Jamel Dean, again, coming off that toe injury. He was wearing a mask today. Um, so he could be under the weather. He's a guy that I think I would play like up until halftime and then say, all right, good job. Like get out of there. I would love to see a lot of Sean Murphy bunting. He's obviously played fantastic the last couple of weeks, especially on Sunday when it mattered most. Zion McCollum, he's had his growing pains, but I think this is an awesome, awesome learning experience for him. If he could get a full game as the starter, not too much pressure on him, really just learning about how to be a corner in this game. And obviously he'll still have his gunner role on uh, special teams on the punt team. Uh, and punt coverage with that. So I would love to see the two of them there. Antoine Winfield Jr. worries me a little bit because he's dealt with concussion issues this year. He's dealt with a high ankle sprain. He's obviously not 100%. And because he is just a high-flying guy that goes all that, and I respect, I appreciate it, I know Bucks fans admire it, I feel like he's a little bit more susceptible to get injured than some of the other guys, just with his style of play. I'm not asking him to play any type of way differently. I'm just saying if they could sit him out, a guy that's been injured, been able to come back, been in and out of the lineup, let him sit this week when you have the safety, kind of like defensive tackle, I think, for the Bucs. You have a lot of really good depth. You know, Keanu Neal, when Antoine Winfield Jr. came back, Keanu Neal, like, doesn't really play anymore. And I understand why. I'm not questioning the decision by the coaches there. I just think, all right, this is a great opportunity for a veteran guy to play a, a whole game. And he's made some splash plays this year, especially towards the end of the season when Winfield yeah, was out. Yeah, he had on uh, Taysom Hill in the Saints game. Yeah, exa exactly. So, yeah, that saved the game right there for the Bucs. Yeah. They don't get the ball back, and Tom Brady doesn't make that comeback if Keanu Neal doesn't make that hit. So I see a great situation where – you can go Keanu Neal and Mike Edwards, or you can go Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan. Obviously, Ryan's coming off an injury a couple weeks ago. Edwards has been on the injury report with the hamstring. And I would really like to see Nolan Turner. Again, give these guys yeah. an opportunity when it doesn't hurt the team one way or the other. Let some of the guys play. Let them rest. Let them get their incentives, their bonuses. It's a little bit different on defense because you can't like force feed a guy getting the ball or making a tackle in that type of situation, but there's probably a couple of guys that have incentives like games played and, and certain like amount of starts and things like that. Let them get their incentives. Let them fill their quotas, whatever it is, put money in their pocket. You know, I don't think anyone would take umbrage with that and then get some of the young guys an opportunity. So that that's how I would go about it. I want your input on the safety room. I guess yeah. we haven't really talked about just how well, or how well they position themselves among the rest of the NFL. Do you think the Bucks' safety room is near the top of the NFL? Just in terms of 
they have four starting safeties, you could argue, and Neil, Ryan, Edwards, and Winfield. Where do you think they rank in terms of, like, league-wide? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't – off the top of my head, I, I don't – I don't see a safety room that's really better. I don't – depth-wise, I think it would be yeah. tough to, to battle with the Bucks. I don't know every single team's safeties off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think they have the best – in the NFC South, <laughs> I don't think there's much of a question there. Arguably the best in the NFC, but there, I like again, just kind of off the dome, off the just thinking right now, thinking out loud. I would say at least like top five without question. Antoine Field Jr. is the, I think, the catalyst. The yeah, yeah. In, in all of it, because if you take him out, look, I would say the Bucks were. Here's a here's a probably a a better debate is. Were the Bucs better last year when you had Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, and Jordan Whitehead versus having Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Mike Edwards as a starter, but the depth with Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan, where the Bucs, they kind of had like Andrew Adams, and that was about it. Because um, you miss a big piece with Jordan Whitehead, but you have a lot more depth with the guys that you have this year. I think that's a really good question, but for this year's team, the 2022 now 2023 version of the Bucks at safety top five in the league. Yeah. What and I think uh, what, what you miss in Jordan Whitehead, you get the veteran experience in a guy like Logan Ryan. And I don't think we fully grasp his impact uh, and just what he brings to the team in terms of leadership and communication, especially for a Todd Bowles defense that, prides itself on those regards that's true todd balls loves his safeties too he wants uh as many safeties as he possibly can get charlie abraham says i miss jordan whitehead a common sense says uh, mike edwards is overrated but it's definitely above average yeah i think mike i mean the interceptions have come down a little bit um because now that he's playing a lot more um but yeah it's it's we'll see common sense also says without Winfield, it's poor, seriously, especially Edwards. I think Edwards has been fine. I, I don't think, yeah. like, I don't think he's been that bad. John V says, can't believe I'm saying this, but wouldn't mind seeing Anthony Winfield Jr. slide back to free safety and SMB get some burn at nickel. Just feel Antoine Winfield Jr. much better free safety than nickel. I, I, I think, again, we got to look at it. He didn't play his best against the Panthers, and DJ Moore beat him on a couple of plays. I think Todd Bowles had a great point, though. He's like, listen, you play 60 plays, you could be great for 56 of them, but there's four plays where you screw up, and that's what, like, everyone notices. Um, Emily says Logan Ryan has made a big difference. He absolutely has. Logan Ryan has probably been the best free agent signing that the Bucs have had this year. They haven't had a lot of great – yeah, not a lot of great free agent signings, but I think Logan Ryan is um, up there at the top. Hey, guys, uh, we're about to wrap it up for today's show. But don't you worry. We have another one coming up this Sunday. It'll start off with the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at the walk-ons in Wesley Chapel. That will start over at 11 o'clock with uh, Scott Reynolds, J.C. Allen, Bailey Adams, John Gilmore, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and then uh, myself and Adam on today's show uh we will be doing the pewter game day show 
live at kickoff at one o'clock, giving our reactions, analysis, insight uh, after, you know, talking to players and coaches this week, seeing what they implement into the game plan, seeing who is playing in this one. And uh, it's always a fun time, whether they win or lose this game. It'll be a lot of fun to see what younger players, what rookies, what uh, non-starters get to go in this one. So the tailgate shows at 11 o'clock and the uh, game day show starts at one o'clock all on Sunday for Bucks Falcons. And one last thing before we head out, if you like our coverage on our YouTube channel and uh, our social media and our website, obviously you can follow us on our social media at Pewter Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like the podcast, if you like the videos and clips that we put out, um, just do us a favor, hit subscribe, hit that like button. We're really trying to get to 10,000 followers. We're a little over 100 away from 10,000 subscribers. Would mean a lot to us if we can get to that by the end of the season, which hopefully the Bucs still have like another month of football to go. That would be uh, really nice. But if you guys could do that, it's absolutely free. Just lets you know when we come out with new content, we would greatly uh, appreciate that. So thank you to everybody in the comments today. Great participation as always to all of you guys in there. Emily, Charlie, Common Sensei, Nathan was in there as well. John V, a couple others as well. Shout out to all you guys. Really appreciate it. So for Adam, I'm Matt saying thanks everybody for watching. We will see you on Sunday for another another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out. Have a good weekend.